All right, we are back with another episode of Not Half Bad. It is March 1st. March is here, college basketball's favorite um, month for most fans. Um, I'm Dave of OnTheBanks.com. I cover Rutgers basketball. And I'm here with Norman of Rumble in the Garden. Hey, I cover St. John's basketball. Uh, You're at Dave underscore White, right? Yes, I am. I'm at Bias on Twitter. And you can find the podcast tweets at NHBPod on Twitter as well. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. send us questions because um, in, a, in a week or two, we're only going to really have one team to talk about. So, Which is exciting. Yeah, for some of us. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just seeing this. I'm sorry. I got Twitter open as we talk, and I'm just seeing that Bobby Hurley and Buffalo picked up their 10th road win of the season Saturday. Yeah, they're Ten so good right now. road wins. They have 19 wins. The Hurley magic continues. The Hurleys are good. And yeah, they're good coaches, the Hurleys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And neither of them will be coaching at Seton Hall next year. No, that seems unlikely. Neither of them will be coaching at Rutgers next year. That seems also unlikely. And maybe neither of them will be coaching at St. John's next year. That currently seems unlikely, too. Talk about the Johnnies a little bit. They've uh, they've been uh, a little exciting, I'd say. Yeah, so yeah, so St. John's has, um, after losing to Georgetown a few weeks ago in a game that, um, you know, the, you know when, when, when people say it wasn't as close as the score? Yeah, it, did, it felt like that. It was a 79-57 loss at the Verizon Center, and it was terrible. It was just a terrible, terrible piece of basketball. Um, and since then, though, they've won three straight, including over Georgetown at home yesterday on senior night for the five St. John seniors. Um, Jamal Branch, Kadeem Njai, uh, D'Angelo Harrison, Phil Green, the fourth, and Sir Dominic Pointer. Woo! Yeah, and it was uh, it was an interesting game because for uh, considering that St. John's is woefully undersized, especially in comparison to Georgetown, which is woefully oversized, not woefully, but, you know, oversized. Um, like my Happy Meal. Yes. They, they are supersized. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Okay, anyway. Totally like your Happy Meal, you know. Um, and they have a guy from Gaffney, South Carolina, which I did not know was a real place until yesterday. I thought it was just uh, kind of made up in, in, uh, in uh, uh, House of Cards. Oh, I'm. I'm. No spoilers. I'm only four episodes into the first season. Oh, it's just where the the where Frank Underwood's from. But the peach, the peach thing. Yeah, the peach thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got through that. Yeah. Anyhow. Oh, sorry. That was a diversion, people. But so St. John's beat the crap out of Georgetown. It was a drubbing. Well, the score, the final score was only a nine point win, eighty one to seventy. But for much of the game, it looked like Georgetown just didn't know how to play basketball, and St. John's was this ridiculous attacking force. They started um, Raishi Jordan and the, fo- and the four seniors, not Kadeem and Jai because he's a walk-on. And with that tiny little lineup, Sir Dominic Pointer at 6'5", maybe 6'6", six at center, they just went at the Hoyas. They took it to Josh Smith. I think he fouled out or he had like four fouls mm-hmm. uh, for much of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they ran, they attacked, they poked the ball away. I mean, they just flummoxed the Hoyas. It was, it was amazing. It was, yeah. and and even better, they flummoxed them with D'Angelo Harrison spending all but the first thirty seconds of the first half on the bench. Wait, 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 wait. 
Stop right there. Yeah. D'Angelo Harrison's only played 30 seconds yesterday? No, 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 no. He played 20 minutes. Oh. All in the second half. Oh, I gotcha. Sorry. I did watch the game, but I, you know. And the thing is, you know, honestly, D'Angelo Harrison against Georgetown, they just know how to defend him. You know, John Thompson says they don't do anything special, but whatever it is that they do really works and really bottles him up. They kind of throw doubles at him. They throw length at him, and he just struggles badly against the Hoyas. And that's fine because yesterday he got he picked up two fouls, one phantom and one, okay, you shouldn't have reached in. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, trying to stop a transition basket uh, for the Hoyas. And, yeah, so Harrison had two fouls at the 1931 or 39 mark of the game. Hmm. Which, you know, you think, well, that's not good. And it wasn't good for him. He only scored one point, despite Mm. being probably the best player on the team. But everybody else really stepped up their game. Phil Green was smoking hot from outside. He shot six of seven from outside the arc. Uh, three of eight inside the arc, but let's not talk about that. Um, Sir Dominic Pointer just assaulted the rim in every single way. He hit some of those off-balance jumpers. He uh, forced some steals. He had a couple of blocks, and he was just very, very good. Uh, Raishi Jordan was energetic, if not always accurate, but he did drop in uh, 15 points. And Jamal Branch was pretty nice for uh, for much of the game. He scored 10 points, was uh, good at calming the team down until he came up with a groin injury, uh, which will be reevaluated. I think he's day by day. Come so, with me. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. Um, so, what, they have 19 wins now, right? Uh, 20 wins. Oh, they got 20. Oh, I'm sorry. 20 da, wins. Da, da, da. How many? Oh, that's the big number. Okay, how many uh, Big East wins? Um, wait. I gotta now. I gotta go back and count. It's uh, nine, nine big eats. Yeah. So they're they're nine and eight, right? Nine and seven. They're nine tied, had two games left. Okay. They've clinched a five hundred record in the league. All right. Which, you know, is is sort of like you want to say something about uh, you want them to be better, mm-hmm. but it's been a very competitive league so far, and I think that that's uh, that's important to say. Uh, last year's Big East definitely had a lot of teams that squeaked into the NCAA tournament, and this year's. I think has uh, teams that are that have a little higher regard. You know, Xavier will probably still get in, even though they have twelve wins. Eh, they probably want to win a few games, um, but you've got Villanova and Butler and Georgetown who all have ten wins already in the league. Mm-hmm. How many? Um, who, who's the, your team? St. John's have left uh, Marquette on Wednesday. All right, when, is Carlino back? Uh, Carlino is not back, I believe, but I have to look into that. Okay, winnable, winnable. And then at Villanova on right. uh, Saturday. All right. So hey, I let's, mean, if they play like this, right. everything right. is winnable. All right. So let's go one and one. You're at twenty-one. But also, ten. also, also, I should say that Wednesday evening game. It's Wednesday evening. It's on the road against a scrappy Marquette team. I might be in the house. They could lose. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, that's right. You want to say bye-bye to D'Angelo. We talked about that last week. Yes, yes. Cool. All right, all right. So, okay, so let's right, let's just say one and one for, for sake of argument. Yeah. 21-10-8, that's pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. good. Got to win one in the Big Ten East thing? No, I don't think so. I think you know? I think they're in with the win over Georgetown because the, th- the problem with St. John's' record was that it was nice, 
but their good wins were good wins over teams that are definitely a little suspect. Two over Providence and two over Xavier, um, and then one over Syracuse. You know, these aren't you know necessarily NCAA tournament teams. You know. Yeah, but here's the thing: it, you're still at that iffy point in case things go wacky in in, in the tournaments. tournaments. Yeah, like if if, if Miles if, Mack and Kadeem Jack go off mm-hmm. and win the Big Ten tournament, and I'm not making any predictions like I did last year. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But if that were to happen, it would it could cause a problem for St. John's. I think they need well, one, sure. one yeah, or two if more Wake wins. Forest woke up one day and was like, "We'd like to play some basketball," or Florida State, you know. One right, of those right. teams that's definitely on the outs looking in. Yeah. And uh yeah, you you don't want to leave it you don't want to leave it to chance. Right. Right. So that's that's good though. Lavin it seems to be uh he's he's uh done his some February magic. Yep. L- Lavinuary? No. no. That's not a thing. Lavinuary? No. Yeah. No, just no. Shelve that one. Okay. Put it on the shelf. Stevuary? Where Tiny Morton can't reach it. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tiny Morton jokes. Uh, hey, if, if, Tiny Morton, if you're if you're listening, I I'm not the one who makes the Tiny Morton jokes. This is Dave White of OnTheBanks.com, <laughs> who covers Rutgers. I'm in enough trouble. Yeah, um, you naughty man, you. Um, but yeah, so St. John's is in a, a pretty good place, um, according to well. Joe Lenardi's bracketology was from Wednesday, and I think he had them as a 10 seed. Against I, who? Uh, against, does it matter? This is yeah, it does. Made. I like to hear. I like to hear. It okay, matters. against San Diego State, so they can face Dwayne Poley if his uh, heart condition clears up in the next two weeks. I see. I'm, I See, I'm, I'm living vicariously for you. I guess, but I mean, the, the, <laughs> the matchups are so silly. They're, I, I mean, they're still? not... They're not what's going to really happen, and you know, I actually, I actually like Joe Lenardi. Uh, you know, I have a friend who's uh, who is friends with him and all, and uh, and he does good work. But he's not always the most accurate in terms of like seed lines and such. He just gets the teams that are in, which mm-hmm. isn't actually the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chris Daubertine, who does uh, bracketology for SB Nation, who's actually been pretty good at it, uh, them as a nine seed mm-hmm. as of uh, Friday which against is, two. Uh, impressive against Iowa, I believe. Ooh, see, this has got to be fun for you. I'm living vicariously through you. Oh, I just want them to play on the Friday, so I can, uh, so I don't, I don't have to um, make any adjustments. Let's say to watch the game. I see. I've been saving personal days for years, hoping that one day I get a chance. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Back in, uh, you know, uh, the, the the thing is, like, back in. When I lived in New York, we used to have a um, a tradition, let's say, and I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of it because let's just say there there were definitely some um, some adjustments Jeez. of the truth that, uh-huh. that one made occasionally to uh, get into a place to watch the games. Um, I see. And we had a uh, you know our home bar, good old Professor Tom's down on uh, on on Second Avenue, and um, at the home bar, you know people who worked in various fields, would suddenly just come there for, quote-unquote, lunch. Lunch would happen to go a little long. Maybe they would stop in or ask somebody to, you know, make some sort of noise like they were actually in their office or something. You know, just things like that. It's, it's kind of fun. National yeah. Hookie Day. Yeah. I wouldn't know. What, you know what? This year, why don't you cheer for William & Mary? No, I'm, I, I think I'm uh, pulling for URI. 
<laughs> you are I. <laughs> I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's who I'm pulling for. I don't know. Why you are I? I like the Hurleys. Okay. I just like the Hurley. Not I, Buffalo. I, I don't you want to? Don't you want to cheer for the State University of New York if you can't cheer for the State University of New Jersey? No. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Oh yeah, I'll root for them too. I'll just root for Hurleys. Do the Hurleys know that you're this much of a fan of them? I don't know. I ran into them in the in the uh, the uh, the streets of New York one time when he when Danny got hired at uh, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and I probably yelled out embarrassingly, yeah, "It's the Hurleys!" <laughs> and, and Danny looked straight ahead, and Bobby kind of looked at me and went, "What's up?" Like under his breath, uh, over by the garden. Where was it? It was past uh, Stout. Oh, that's head. funny. Yeah. So. Well, Bobby's probably you know he probably uh, he, he harkens back to his Duke days where where people would you know holler at him and he'd be like, "Yeah, what's up?" Yeah, Danny didn't like getting hollered at when he was at Seton Hall. So. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> ladies, don't holler at me. That's not okay. That's not seemly. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> so, so St. John's had a, uh, I'd say a good week. Yeah, it's uh it was uh, not just not half bad. It was a uh, quite very good week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Johnnies are looking strong. And, you know, even the people who had been uh, in the media, you know, writing detractors seem to be writing positive things. Mike Vaccaro wrote um, something about how uh, the, the Johnnies are evolving into a possible NCAA force. I'll say that I don't know about a force. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting, and I think they could be dangerous, and it's uh, it's a nice narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they're they're such a weird team. They're kind of like that Villanova four guard attack, where you're just like, I don't know where it's going to come from, and they're all just trying to assault you, you know. Right. But I right. do think that that's going to cause a lot of fouls and assault. Oh. But I do think that, uh, you know, Sir Dominic Pointer right now is playing at a high level. If Phil Green is hitting his shots and D'Angelo Harrison is, you know, playing solidly and able to draw fouls, mm-hmm. yeah, that team is that team is something else. If so Ryan Jordan isn't turning over the ball, it's, uh, yeah, they're strong. Okay, so if I got this straight, you just basically said St. John's is going to the Final Four. I think that's what I heard. What? what? I, I think you just predicted St. John's Final Four team. No, no, no. I just predicted them oh, to go to the Elite okay. Eight. Oh! Right. oh! <laughs> no, no. I did, I did Mark no such Mark it thing. down, people. I did no such thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd have to see what their draw is because I think this team is definitely very draw-dependent, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think they're, you know, a team like San Diego State, for example, would be probably the worst of all matchups because they already play small and kind of a, a multi-guard lineup, and they're very experienced at it. Uh, right. I think that they would be they would be a tough they'd be they'd be a tough team to play. And I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe St. John's is in a place where they're just going to athlete their way through things and get to the Sweet Sixteen, like mm-hmm. essentially Steve Lavin's UCLA teams would, you know, the ones that, especially the ones that seem to be out of the running and then get hot late, they would then have a couple of games where they would just be dunking on folks for almost no good reason from wherever their seed line was for the first two games. And then in the Sweet 16 game, they would face a team that stopped and said, hold on. So if we we stop them in transition, they don't have anything, right? Right. And then they stop them in transition. Right. 
<sighs> so I think that that would be their ceiling, truly. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, you know, you but that's exciting. That's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I would take. Uh, yeah, you would take it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's St. John. Hey, everybody. Yay, St. John. So we can end this podcast because uh, I think uh, everybody knows that Rutgers is – You can turn um, it off right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, by the way, this is not half bad, the podcast covering the um, rise of St. John's and whatever it is that Rutgers is doing. The typical plateau. Typical plateau. You are much more willing to sing on this podcast than I am. <laughs> you should. Uh, you should sing too. I think you have a lot to sing about. <laughs> well, Rutgers um, has lost twelve in a row. Twelve. That's the longest losing streak in. Hide the kids. Hide in the a wife. long time. Um, Damn. It's bad. Oof. It's Craig Littlepage bad. Um, if you're a Rutgers fan, you know that in the late 80s, Craig Littlepage was the uh, coach of Rutgers basketball and has the longest losing streak at 20. Nice. Yeah. That's so, a record. Um, that is the Rutgers record. Uh, this team could, I guess, there's three games left, so they would go out on a, if they lost out, they'd go out on a 15-game losing streak. Wait, so they have to play the conference tournament? They can't yes, just say, they, nah, we're they, good? No, nah, they can't but just back out. No, nah, they would have to play. It looks like Minnesota would be their matchup if they come in last place, wow. which I think they are pretty much locked into. I'm not sure on the math there. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to Purdue. They were down 20. They kind of put up a fight, came back, um, and ended up losing by, I think, seven. Got mm-hmm. to within six with, like, 20 seconds left and then free throws. Um, I don't know. I, I think they play Maryland this week. Uh, very for, beatable. Very beatable. For a senior night, I, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think so. But I do think that um, you'll see Kadeem Jack and, and Miles Mack throw the, the kitchen sink at, uh, at on the court. You know, leave it all out in the court, try to get one more win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the, that's kind of what happens when your school stops caring about basketball and everybody knows it. Now, so in speaking of everybody <laughs> knowing it, I hear that there was some sort of uh, media kerfuffle, perhaps a Twitter argument that it, that went on. Oh, more than that. Apparently, Julie Herman went to the uh, booster meeting. Did we talk about this last week? I can't even remember what a the booster bit. meeting we was. We talked about it a little bit, yeah. And it's, it sounds like – now, I didn't hear the tape. I, I, you know, if there even is a tape. I, I, I didn't hear it. I wasn't there. I'm not a booster member of the club. You're not? No. Oh. No. That's disappointing. Yeah, sorry. I wasn't there. Um, So it sounded like Julie, you know, the big argument is Rutgers needs to invest in basketball at some point. You know, I've been writing about it all year. It just looks like there's no investment. There's nobody caring. Eddie Jordan's kind of out on the vine trying to recruit against people who have updated facilities and, you know, are working to make their teams better. And Julie kind of laid out the economics of it and how it has to be fundraised because Rutgers won't give any money towards facility building. Meanwhile, the team just, I mean, the, uh, the school just raised a billion dollars in donations over five years. None of the money that was going to athletics is earmarked for facilities. Fascinating. Well, where's that money going then? <sighs> scholarships and, in the, you know, stuff like that. So they don't have to pay scholarships out of the general fund, I guess. Or, or right. Is there, there a what, general fund or I don't know what, how that works. There's happen. a subsidy. There's okay. a subsidy that comes from the... Um, student fees? No, not just student fees. It comes from the university. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't know all the ins and outs of this. I've read a lot of articles on it, but it kind of gives me a headache. But basically, it's fascinating stuff. I think the goal. It is fascinating, but I don't quite get it enough to really explain it in layman terms. But the goal is for Rutgers because they're in the Big Ten now. In the next, let's say five six years, to kind of be self uh, sufficient. Mm-hmm. They want to lower this subsidy um, and any money they make from the Big Ten. So let's say they make. Let's say the subsidy is forty million. I mean, sorry, the subsidy is eleven million, and they make thirty million in the next five years. Okay, their mm-hmm. yearly payout from Big Ten Network. Then Rutgers will only have nineteen million to play with for athletics because that eleven million has to pay off the subsidy. Or the eleven million has to cover the subsidy, right? Cover the subsidy. Okay, right. so. But then does the amount that Rutgers is getting from the Big Ten Network, doesn't that escalate at some point? Yeah, well, in five years, they're fully vested. Okay. So, but if there's still a subsidy, then when they get the money from the Big Ten, they just pull that subsidy money out of the money from the Big Ten Network. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. Basically, even if they get paid $40 million from the Big Ten, they won't have $40 million to play with. Yeah. But that's and that's Rutgers' own accounting because they don't want to use that subsidy from whatever the sources are within the school. Right. Okay. So, so right now, now do you, oh wait, quick question: uh, Do you know if any of that is like money that's being borrowed? Is that why they don't want to? Well, they're still apparently paying off the football stadium renovation. Ah. Uh, hmm. So they're still paying that off. Because that was supposed to be paid off with donations and they were unable to. It's a long-winded story. But basically, that's part of the reason that they won't borrow money or uh, get money from the state to build a practice facility for basketball. So basically, I don't know if it's true. Because I'm sure if somebody walked up to Julie Herman and said, hey, here's $30 million, build us a practice facility, she'd take it. Mm -hmm. But – Judging from the articles and the message board posts of people who were there, a lot of people walked out feeling very hopeless in terms of investing in basketball for, sounds like, the next 10 years. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So you're talking about a team that's lost 12 in a row and has very little hope for in the future unless there's a miracle season. And I, I, I Okay, I'll say... Uh, I'll say to I'll say though that the on court product can still improve without you know the new practice facility oh, and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it but is helpful to show uh, to show prospects not just the idea that they'll be practicing in a, a place with the most state of the art um, uh, equipment and such, and you know to have all the amenities that you would get at Florida State or something like that. But it's also important, I think. Um, psychologically to say to recruits yeah we are competing with everybody else we're not you're not going to some honestly podunk school you know i yeah i wrote about that and saying the practice facility in my mind at least is metaphor it's there it doesn't have to be the practice facility has to be you know landed on campus tomorrow but there has to be some sign that they care that it's not just hey we have a basketball program because we have to we're in the big 10 mm-hmm Hey, Eddie Jordan's here. He was he was an NBA guy. Come play for him. It's not enough. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of the guys at the Ledger wrote about this, wrote about the court club meeting and stuff like that. And 
uh, a local state senator who's a, a basketball fan and a season ticket holder kind of caught wind and kind of uh, threw some barbs at uh, Barchi and, and Julie for not having a plan and saying that it was time to invest. Let me see if I can find his quote here. I had the article up. His name's Ray Lesniak, and his quotes make me want to move to Union County and vote. He said, to me, it goes beyond Rutgers athletics. It goes to the integrity of the presidency, meaning Robert Barchi. Mm-hmm. It starts with Governor Christie giving Barchi orders to fire former Rutgers athletic director Tim Pernetti. And I think that was the start of a lack of a planning for the future of Rutgers athletics. What I've seen so far is really just the result of the work for the football program. With regards to the basketball program, there's just hasn't been any planning. There's been no announcement of what the plan would be to make the basketball program Big Ten ready. And obviously it means facilities because when you're going with facilities, where you're going with facilities has an impact on your ability to recruit top-notch players. When you have a program like the basketball program that's struggling, Mike Krzyzewski wouldn't be able to attract the best players coming out of New Jersey under those circumstances. There's no plan in place to make the basketball program Big Ten ready. So um, apparently he sent a letter to Barchi um, saying that he thinks a practice facility in his eyes would cost about $30 million. And I think the plan that Tim Pernetti had released years ago was about a $30 million plan. Okay. And he wants to borrow against um, Big Ten revenues. Big Ten revenues in advance, kind of like Maryland is doing for their football program. Fifteen million, and then raise the other fifteen. That's his plan, and that's kind of where we stand. Um, there hasn't been much in the way of response from the athletic department. Um, Julie Herman threw said, uh, uh, "You know, she she threw Eddie's support. Coach Jordan has our full support as he puts together a Big Ten contender. Eddie knows that, and so does our team." And she also said that uh, building a basketball training facility is. Uh, one of the top items on her agenda and has been since she got there. Now she's been there, um, almost two years now. Um, there's been talk of a feasibility plan for facilities. Uh, they were supposed, they are supposed to announce the results of that feasibility plan in the spring. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything beyond that. It's not the spring yet. It's not the spring yet. No, but it is March 1st. Um, she's talked about an athlete's village. I think we've talked about that. Mm-hmm on a separate campus where it's football and basketball and everything kind of in one building. Keep them away from the, from the regular students. Basically sounds like, (laughs) you know, um, but it's a very loose kind of, uh, uh, plan. So you're, you're saying basically it's not a plan. It's just some words tossed out there and no, no, uh, not even like a written backing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough um, about it. <laughs> I mean, it, it just seems like uh, asked what it, it just seems like there's something going on in the fact that a politician had to get involved. Was it that was interesting, you know, you know, I mean, for a politician to get involved, which means that I, my sense is there's something more going on than just, hey, we're trying to raise money. We have a plan. That there's a, there's a, a lack of will you're saying, or that there is uh 
I, I don't know. It's just decided it's, decision to try and um, I, you can't kill the basketball program. I mean, you're in the Big Ten. It's no, no I don't think they're trying to kill the basketball program. I just think that hey, we're in the Big Ten. We're we're selling out the the state the arena right now because all these new teams that nobody's seen are coming in. Mm-hmm. So there's money there, and let's not worry about it so much. But that also could be because. Football has a big-time supporter, a guy who's willing to donate. Who is their big supporter? His name's Greg Brown of Motorola. Oh. Um, he's the head CEO of Motorola. He's also on the board of governors at Rutgers. Oh, okay. And they have another guy, this Jeff Towers for football, who funded um, Kyle Flood's uh, extension. You know, so they have a couple guys that are willing to drop a couple million here and there. And that's important. I mean, it's like, you know, for those who, who don't follow this kind of stuff, that sounds like, it, that sounds almost like, um, I don't know, like weird or, or clownish. But, that, I mean, really, that's kind of the way things are done. You know, the yeah. bigger schools at your Louisville's and Kentucky, even at St. John's, you know, there are guys who are there willing to toss in, honestly, a cool mill or two to help offset the costs um, that the school has to incur to hire coaches, to keep coaches, to yeah. improve things. And, yeah, basketball doesn't have that, that kind of uh, – I don't think they have that big one. I mean, like you guys have the uh, – Vitamin it? water guy. Mike vitamin Bull. water guy, yeah. yeah. I don't think basketball has that big, big guy. I mean, a lot of people like to throw David Stern as a, a Rutgers alum, <laughs> uh, throw his name around there. Yeah, he's not going to get that publicly into something like that. No, he's way no, too he big can't. a basketball name. Yeah, I know. So – um, I mean, he's not the commissioner anymore, which I think would open some things up. But Please. Spe- I mean, but he's he's still involved. And he's still filthy yeah. rich, but he's not right. going to get involved because that's too big of a name. Right, right. That would that would probably not look good for the NBA. Or something. I mean, I, I, or something. It just feels weird. Yeah. So um, there's a lot going on. It's and it's a very complicated situation, um, and. You know, honestly, they need a practice. The rack is fine for games. But the problem is the Rutgers players have no place to go. Right now, baseball practice is there in the spring. Um, Women's basketball, there's wrestling matches, there's high school events. If you just want to go and get up some shots, you have to check and make sure that the place is empty. That's crazy. You know what I mean? They have no place to go. That's their own. So, I mean, uh, what does St. John's have? I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. They might not have. No, St. John's have, has, has Tafner as their practice facility. Okay. And it's, it's gotten some upgrades, I want to say recently-ish. I think there are upgrades still to make, but I'd actually have to look into it. But I don't think that they're in a terrible place in terms of, uh, you know, practice facility. They're certainly not using Carnesecca as uh, just for practice. They do have, you know, practice courts and all. And, and what really set this off is, is NJIT is building their own arena for $100 million, mm-hmm. and they were able to raise $50 million from from private donations to get this done. That's crazy. Maybe NJIT should have gotten into the Big Ten. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, they beat Michigan. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to say cheap, but you hear, like, an East Carolina is building a, a practice facility in basketball for $17 million, all privately funded. Um. Sean Frazier, who's the AD at Northern Illinois, we talked about him in a couple podcasts. He was up for the Rutgers job, came in second for it, has announced plans for um, major f- privately funded facility um, upgrades at Northern Illinois. 
You know, people are getting it done. And the fact that there's no plan and and the excuse seems to be Rutgers has announced plans before that that never went through. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the reasoning that there's no plan out there is that they don't want to announce it and then not have it get done. I guess. I mean, but 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 I feel like everybody knows that plans are iterative. You make a plan, you adjust it. You adjust it again. You find money right. for parts of the project. Right. You complete the parts that you can, and you punt the parts that ended up being dreams. And yeah, yeah. Even even if you don't mean it to sound like, hey, we're not going to care about basketball for for ten years. Even if if you meant it the uh, some other way, you can't have your fans, your your supporters, the top fans, walking out of there feeling like I'm not going to see this in program get better in terms of infrastructure for ten years. Yeah. That's two coaches. Yeah. At least. That's two coaches before you're even starting to think about taking it seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, it's 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 demoralizing. Sure. So, and by the way, if you're if you're wondering, Tapner Fieldhouse is uh ten years old actually. Uh, oh. It was built in uh, two thousand five. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. And I bet there will be talk about, you know, some sort of renovations or something if there haven't been recently. But I don't know. From what I've seen, Tafner looks pretty nice, you know. Okay. Tafner Fieldhouse. Sorry. I like to tweet these things when they come out. <laughs> just, just so you know. Um, I know Seton Hall's working, you know. That's they ups. Oh. Do not respect Eleanor, disrespect Eleanor and Donald Tapp. Maybe Do you not. should. Maybe you should correct me then. Uh, <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. Yeah. Um. You know, I know Seton Hall. Apparently, underneath Walsh Gym, they have some nice facilities, and they just got some locker room <laughs> upgrades. I like how you say that. Underneath Walsh Gym, like nobody can see it, but there's something really nice there. I know. It's like a, a supervillain layer. Yes. So. <sighs> It's the key is show you care. Show the love. So see Vivian Stringer will get $500,000 if she makes the Sweet 16. Is she going to make the Sweet 16? She could. They couldn't take that $500,000 and put it towards um, uh, an assistant hire for for Eddie, like a a full on. Like I love Greg Vitrone and and O'Corin. Um, and making, but they could have with five hundred thousand dollars, you could probably bring in a, a, a big time recruiting assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the recruiting budget for Rutgers basketball in two thousand twelve was third behind football and women's basketball. Wow! You know, it's it's the, the it's clear that whoever is coach here is fighting an uphill battle, and it's embarrassing when you haven't been to the NCAA tournament in, in twenty four years. Yeah. Hi, happy March. Happy March. <laughs> but that's the big big news that's going around. The the desire and that's it doesn't have to happen overnight, but you wanna see uh you wanna see motion towards Yes something fixing positive. this. Yeah. Fixing this. Yeah. So So that's where we are. That's where Hooray. we are. And okay. uh well let's take a moment too for a little moment of silence for Anthony Mason who passed away yesterday. The great New York Nick was, um, well, he was from my neck of, uh, of Queens down in Southeast Way, went to Springfield Gardens High, played with former St. John's coach Norm Roberts, and then became a, uh, after 
uh, a circuitous uh, route, became a star with the New York Knicks, famous for his awesome haircuts and his ability to play point forward and hit the crap out of people. So, moment of silence for Anthony Mason. Rest in peace. And with that, I guess this is uh, the end of Not Half Bad, the, the podcast that has to drink away its sadness about Rutgers. We, we start with sunshine and we end with snow. Yes. It's kind of like the, the opposite of March, you know, in like a <laughs> lion, you know. All right, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, this has been Not Half Bad, the podcast. And uh, I've been Norman Rose. I no longer will be. And that is Dave White. I am still Dave White of OnTheBanks.com. And you can find us at our respective sites, uh, Rumble in the Garden for St. John's, On the Banks for uh, Rutgers. You can find us on Twitter, um, Ecos Bias on Twitter, or Rumble SBN for just the Rumble uh, in the Garden feeds. And On the Banks. Uh, we have one. It's at OTB underscore SB Nation. That's it. That's not complicated at all. No. Or at Dave <laughs> underscore White yep. for Dave. Yeah. Um, and you can find the podcast at NHB Pod. Ask us questions. Ask us questions. Ask you can email us, us too. Questions. You can email us at nothalfbadpod at gmail. I think that's yes. what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just had to stop. And, <laughs> stop and think about that. And if you are at all interested in mystery novels, New Jersey politics, the Rutgers merger, and. Um, uh, that sort of thing. I have a new book out. It's getting rave reviews. It's called Not Even Past, and you can get that at Amazon or your local independent bookstore. will order it. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, help support a guy, because if it's a bestseller and I make millions, hey, I could be the next vitamin water guy for Rutgers. Yeah, there you if, go. If my wife and kid and all that, you know, let me. Yeah, go start buying books. Buy lots. What's it called again? Not even past. Not even past what? It's a it's a, a quote from Faulkner. Oh, the, the oh. past. The past is not dead. Dave it's not, White. It's not even quotes past. Faulkner in his books. Let's yes. let's just go. I'll go out and buy right now. Yes, I've quoted John Donne, Shakespeare twice now, and uh, Faulkner. Man, I like John Donne. Yep, good writer. Yeah, good poet. All right, so let's send you all off on your days and ways. Um, Enjoy listening. Uh, Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll hopefully be back next week uh, with some conversation about the Big East tournament that's coming up. And And the Big Ten tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Big Ten (laughs) tournament. Yeah, and Rutgers' uh, deep run. Um. To the bathroom. (laughs) (sighs) All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been Not Half Bad. Thanks, guys.